What's a nice kid like you Doing in a place like this What's a nice kid like you Doing in a place like this With those saddle shoes Well, I must confess You look as though you fell into the wrong address What's a nice kid like you Doing in a place like this Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to Every Version Ever. Today I'm joined by Mark Brown and my cousin Sarah to talk about an animated version of Alice in Wonderland that has been requested several times over the years, Hanna-Barbera's Alice in Wonderland, or What's a Nice Kid Like You Doing in a Place Like This? This version is a little bit Alice in Wonderland with a modern twist, modern for the time, the 60s, with a little bit of their own spin on the story with some era-specific humor and references, plus a dash of Hanna-Barbera characters thrown in like Fred and Barney from the Flintstones as the Caterpillar for some reason. This is a weird one, but a fun look back at animation from that time period, even if it's not the most faithful adaptation of the source material. But it's pretty creative and enjoyable. And if you want more from the three of us, this was another episode where we had a ton of tangents. So much so that there is an extended version available now on my Patreon. Okay, here's our episode on Hanna-Barbera's Alice in Wonderland, or what's a nice kid like you doing in a place like this? I'd really like to know the story behind that extremely long title. What's a nice kid like you? A doing in a place like this. I'm splitting. A doing in a place like this. I gotta leave. Doing in a place like this. Like bye. Doing in a place like this. I bet you can't see me. Doing in a place like this. I'm gonna close my big mouth and split. So, had you seen this before, Mark? I know Sarah and I hadn't. I haven't, but I had always, I had known about it for a while. For a while, I think I went through like Hannah Barbera's filmography, and the kid that I came across that, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I'd like to see that one day, and then I just kind of put it at the back of my head, and then I guess somehow I, I forget how it came up with us, but when this opportunity came up, I figured this is be a good time to watch it. I don't remember why. It ended up being the three of us. I know it's been requested several times on my channel. We probably just were talking about it at some point, and I probably mentioned we were going to be doing it. So I suppose maybe partly because it was requested a lot, that may have made you think of me. Yeah, and this is one that I've had it in the back of my mind since the beginning, because I've known about this since <laughs> So I started it was doing your Alice subconscious saying, at the beginning... There was Sarah and Hanna-Barbera, so they should go together. <laughs> yeah, like a Timothy Q mouse whispering into your ear as you slept. <laughs> but he had to explain to me what Hanna-Barbera was. It's like, oh, okay, Flintstones. Well, okay, was that the Jetsons too? Okay, okay, okay. Flintstones, Scooby-Doo, Jetsons. Oh, that good sure, stuff. Sure, sure. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm glad since this has been requested that we're finally getting to it six years later or whatever. <laughs> Early than never. I guess it has been six years now. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fall out the cake. <laughs> We're all getting old. <laughs> oh, this is getting. <laughs> we are filled with light and vitality. This is oh, good. Yeah. We're exploring. That. We are exploring new realms. I'm late and vitality <laughs> years old. Small, okay, small meditation break. Everything is. It's good. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay did you like this i liked it a lot actually um i was trying to think if i've ever seen 
I know you guys do the reversion ever for Alice in Wonderland, and I was trying to think if I've ever seen a non-Disney version of Alice in Wonderland. I don't think I have. So this is oh, wow. my, my yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. so I think this is my first one, and so that's why when I say I think this is my second favorite version, that's not saying all that much. But I, <laughs> sure, I like sure. it. I like it second after the animated Disney version. I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was a really good modern, well, modern for the 60s adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. And I liked a lot, pretty much all the choices they made in this. I started watching it and we got to, we were partway through the first song and I said something like, I I feel like I'm enjoying this more than it deserves. Mm. But it was, it was entertaining. Like it had probably more than one slow moment for me, but it was a pretty good. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good version, yeah. So we'll we'll have to dig there this is one where it is so of the time. So we mm-hmm. need to dig into all the people that are in it. And this is so Correct. my this is so my parents generation. <laughs> you know, both of my parents were born in the sixties. My yeah, they would have just been really little when this came out. So yeah, parents and grandparents generation, but like I myself, I'm a big fan of entertainment and entertainment of that era. So like I do, mm. I am a fan of a lot of these performers you, as well. You were the right person to pick the podcast. <laughs> Jonathan is a true master at selecting people. Well, let's go through the cast because I didn't realize just watching it how stacked the cast was. I feel like maybe that can kind of happen with Alice. Sometimes, yes. Yeah. I just don't feel Hanna Barbera has the money to get some of these people. <laughs> that's just me. Well, some of them it may have been. See, that's the thing. If you think about, like Jonathan, if you think about the the zillion Alice's that we've watched, not counting the 1930s with Harry Grant, um, we've probably had more than one where it's a really big name, but they're getting older. It's a little later in their career. They don't even have, you know, they may be. Yeah, it's not their 20s or 30s. And not that they're, you know, so well, the one with Donald O'Connor, he was elderly and it was like how the mighty are fallen. (laughs) But anyway, so by the 60s, maybe maybe it was a little bit easier for them to commit. (laughs) Well, some of these people were older at this point, too. I think this might be the weirdest casting choice was Hedda Hopper as Hedda the Mad Hatter. They had two Mad Hatters in this movie. And I, I was going to watch it again. I didn't get a chance to watch it a second time to figure this out. Did they say who this second Mad Hatter was in relation to the first Mad Hatter? I don't think I even recognized her as a second Mad Hatter. I just saw her as... Uh, uh, I think they had her listed as some sort of... Uh, maybe Hedda Hatter or something yeah, like something that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know if it was supposed to be the Mad Hatter's wife or sister or what i, I think, think so. i think it's one of those things where you have to take it as massive cultural reference which should we like just start at the beginning on this one or how would we want to do this well starting at the beginning we have janet waldo as alice which is like an adult voice and her head looks kind of like an adult head but she's a child that's one of the first <laughs> things that struck me about this <laughs> Well, Janet Waldo is like a huge name in voiceover, yeah. especially for this era, especially okay. for Hanna-Barbera. Okay. It's like trip three, especially right there. <laughs> yeah, like if you go through her IMDb page, there's a ton. Well, I, did she do any on-screen stuff? Because I don't know if she's ever been an on-screen person. I just know her as a voice. I also know her as a voice actor, too. I'm not sure about her if she did any live-action stuff. 
Yeah, I've just known her as just a huge name in voiceover. And especially like Hanna-Barbera. She's like all over Hanna-Barbera stuff. And she lived a long time. She died at the age of 95. And I think she was still doing voices up until then. Was she from our town? Because they live forever here. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Iowa water there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it was based around the premise of she was supposed to be reading Alice for school. And she has this and so much of the plot line is around her getting her little dog back. So that's one of the differences. Yeah, she has a dog named Fluff instead of a cat named Dinah. And Fluff goes to Wonderland before she does. And the portal to Wonderland is a television. Yeah, it's like a through the looking glass type. But mixed with the rabbit hole because she went through the television like the looking glass, but then fell down like the rabbit hole. And my initial thought was very approving of using the television as a through the looking glass thing. And Mm -hmm. but then when it became the rabbit hole with all of this, this huge cavern, you know, you have the lights of the TV and then this huge cavern. It's like, well, that's kind of (laughs) creepy, but it worked. I thought it was creative. I thought it was creative, too. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Like if, if you want to do a modern version 60s, I think that was the best way to do it. It was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I I liked the rabbit. I don't know if I should like the rabbit, but I liked the rabbit. <laughs> he was voiced by Howard Morris, and he's also done a lot of voice in his his career. So I like I liked listening. I think that's one of the things I liked about this was just listening to all these voices of people whom I've loved and admired. So it's nice just to hear his voice. And it fits exactly the white rabbit to me. It's, it's a time capsule. Pretty much. Like there are different cultural references that would be so lost if you didn't grow up with different things. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those where every time you turn around, there's a song. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's only five songs. <laughs> okay. It's five it's long it's songs. <laughs> But the first one was probably my favorite for whatever. Uh, I like the life's a game song. The rabbit just reminded me of an ornery relative that I have, and that just I got a kick out of that. So <laughs> I like what they did with his character, though, Chip, like giving him this obsession with games and points and stuff like that. Was that like, oh, I love games myself, so this is my <laughs> character? I, I don't know. I think it was just like it was just different from again. Okay. I, I can only compare it to the Disney version. <laughs> So he he wasn't your spirit animal. Probably like, not. Was there was there a character in here where you're like I relate to that character? I think it's uh, maybe Fred and Barney Caterpillar. <laughs> I, I related to the White Knight. <laughs> the White Knight, yes, yes. The White Knight was funny. Well, he he was. I mean, he's voiced by the, the guy who wrote this yeah, anyway. So. Oh, good for you for knowing that. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't like, realize that either. <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill Dana, he, he actually wrote this whole... He's the one behind the writing, this whole special. Now, is he Hispanic? Because it sounded like he was doing a Speedy Gonzalez impression for this. Okay, no, he's not. But in the sixth, between the 50s and 60s, he developed a character called Jose Jimenez, where, which, which was his community character, and he does like an over-the-top Bolivian accent for that. So basically, his white knight is that character he's doing so that's what he was mostly known for at the time bless you for knowing that you're welcome <laughs> i'm glad you do that because i would not have known i was kind because of confused why, he sounded why like yeah he seemed, no. it seemed like they were doing 
like it was being pulled from a specific person and okay. now i know it's mm -hmm. being pulled from a specific character yeah so that's helpful exactly so audiences at the time would recognize oh this is building and this is his character so like oh that's that's kind what jose jimenez looks like in on animations oh so it was like a live action character correct like he'd go on like ed sullivan's show okay. and milton burl and perform as that kind of character if you go on youtube you'll find there's a lot of cool funny videos about that you know what this is flashing me back to is bugs bunny with the 1930s thug characters that would have been recognizable from the movies movies at the time yeah Yeah. so it's that same type of okay interesting Correct. it's like if they did it now they'd probably i don't parody the rock or something <laughs> sure <laughs> but i'm not sure that that's what's going on with him like i say time capsule well, there are characters in between the rabbit and the white knight, but it almost doesn't really matter because this was almost more of like a series of episodes. So you've got to talk about Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, that was that he came after the rabbit. What's a nice kid like you Yeah, doing which is... in a place like this? I got that stuck in my head <laughs> since then. <laughs> and it's like, this is supposed to, is this is just a 1960s thing where he's talking, was he, did he talk about cigarettes? He's talking about beer. And it's like, yeah, this, it's a is, 60s thing, this yeah. is like a kid thing. And you're talking about how bad the beer is in your song. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah, we're... Alice, do not hang out with the cat. He might try and get, pull you into underage. <laughs> yeah, remember, remember a lot of cartoons were sponsored by cigarettes companies back then too. So you'd see like Fred and Barney smoking a cigarette while promoting it. So... I forgot. There's a, there are two versions of this, and I was going to watch the yeah. other one. I didn't have a chance to. There's a there's a version of this online that has all the original commercials. I wonder what the products were. Okay, so I I think that's the one I watched, and there was a Coca Cola one, but like that one wasn't filmed for some reason on the version I watched. But the other one was the Rexall um uh, company, which was like a Walgreens or a CVS, and they were they had like a special red dot sale which is very interesting it was buy you buy one item and get this no buy two items for one cent more than what one item would cost so like if one item costs 56 cents you get buy two of them for 57 cents it was very interesting to see these characters from the, the, the special explain this to me as i watched the commercial <laughs> and there was a coca-cola one as well but like i said they I guess it's copyright recent. It wasn't shown in the version that I saw, but mm. it made me think like nowadays, like, I don't know of any cartoon now that, that it, that's part of an advertisement, like cartoons from like, I don't know, ducktail characters selling band-aid or something. I don't know. Is that they're like a law against it now because oh, okay, they don't want to influence children too much. All the fun. They took so, I think it changed in the eighties because the eighties used to be like, Cartoons were basically just commercials. Product placement there, okay. And then oh, they wow. changed it so that things would be like slightly more educational and there must not have try and sell things to children. There must have been some angry parents or something. <laughs> like, please. But Sammy Davis and his watered-down beer, which led to cigarette ads, which led to the ads in the... Yeah. <laughs> Sammy Davis, I, I liked, again, for an update of his character, I liked what they did, making him sort of a jazzy hep cat, I guess, well, of the time. Was that supposed to be, like, cool cat, hep cat type? That's what I got. That's what me. I got, too, yeah. Now, I guess this question is just for Sarah, because you won't have seen this, but okay. <laughs> did you like 
he is now we've now seen two different versions of Sammy Davis Jr. So do you like him better as oh, yeah. Cheshire Cat or as the Caterpillar? I I was only having a vague remembrance like didn't he did they dance danced around. The they danced around as the cat. I would probably prefer him in this one. Okay. Yeah. I think I liked his voice better in this one, but I liked his dance better in the other one. He was probably younger here, so his voice was yeah, probably that's... smoother. He would have only been around 40, 41, because he was born in 1925. Okay. Yeah, the other one is from 86 or 87, I think. Sure. So he was he was still fairly young here, because as an adult, now 40s, you know, early 40s is fairly young. <laughs> <laughs> he died in 1990, so I guess that was not long before he had died. Hmm. Mm, I, I think he might have gotten sick. Yeah, mm. and cancer from smoking. Mm. I think he did quit at some point, and I think maybe cooking distracted him from that, and he was actually a really good cook, but he wouldn't wow. use a recipe, and so you'd have, I think there was like a friend like, oh, what was that? And I'm like, no, he it was not going to happen again, you know? You just enjoy <laughs> that moment. Don't ask questions, just eat. <laughs> And little do I realize I'm making up half of that, but I think it was post smoking that he he got distracted with with cooking. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Props to you for knowing that. Thank you. <laughs> See, this is how it's helpful to have the multiple people, and we can each bring you know different things to the conversation. Yeah. that's why I like doing it with multiple people. Somebody knows something that everybody else doesn't know. I think it's because of Sammy Davis Jr. being in this special which is the reason why this special has never been released on like dvd or blu-ray or anything because i I guess the state still has a heavy handle on the copyrights for the songs that sammy davis sings Hmm. why be so protective of this (laughs) (laughs) This i I get it if it was like the rat pack or something but like oh gosh imagine the whole rat pack in animated film i'd watch that (laughs) (laughs) Dean Martin is the Mad Hat. <laughs> mm. Sinatra is, I don't know, King of Hearts or something. <laughs> well, after the Cheshire Cat, he points her down what he calls the Lonesome Trail. But to me, I don't know if this is just me imagining things, but it looked like they were going for a Salvador Dali landscape. Did anybody else get that? No, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'll be honest, I can't remember. <laughs> There was just something about the colors and like there was no like weird semi-disturbing imagery or melting clocks, but it still looked Salvador Dali-esque to me. It could have, it could have just been Hanna-Barbera's uh, cheapness as well. <laughs> now I kind of want to see the scenery again, but I my main memory is I think it was purple and it came out like a carpet and there was some reference to like, we can't call this we can't talk about this like it's the yellow brick road, so we have to call it something else here. Oh, yeah, that was funny. He's like, yeah, that's from another story. <laughs> I like, I like another meta. cultural reference that, you know, meta reference there. could be lost on people. Was it the, was the tea party after this? Yes, there's like a thunder and lightning, and then she's at the tea party. I don't really know what happened. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of things where it's just, well, now they're there. There's not a whole lot of, like... I don't know, plot to get you from point A to point B. I think it just, they needed her there, so now she's there. I think what the one thing that happened in between that I remember is the rabbit finding the dog, and, and he's like, hey, is it, does your dog look like this? He's like, yeah, that's my dog. He's like, okay, now I know what to look for. <laughs> that he leaves with the dog. 
Because <laughs> you got to keep the plot line going. Exactly. I was like, that's there... such a Howard Morris character right there. And this was totally not a normal tea party. Like, so much of the focus was on the hats, which I suppose is okay. Like, you can just, it's within the Alice world, but it's not Alice Alice. So, at this point, we've already seen the tea party scene. I don't know how many times we know that there's a, <laughs> they were learning about writing down in the treacle well and all that stuff. And so much of this was with Hedda Hopper or Hedda Hatter. <laughs> Hedda Hatter in this version of her. Talking about and and how she was supposed to wear a hat to this party or the little girl. One of the things that just seemed like a very passing cultural reference in this talking about all the different hats was tall hat if your name is Hoss. And it's like, is that a Bonanza reference? Ah, maybe. I haven't seen Bonanza. It could have been. I suppose that would have been around the same time. Oh, yeah. Totally the same. Yeah. Like, I don't know the exact dates, but 60s was very much. Now I need to know the years for Bonanza, but it had to have Yeah, no, I'm reference. sure it was in the 60s, yeah. Dan Blocker played Hoss, I believe was his name. 59 to 73. Right. So that's, yeah, another show that I basically grew up with. Nice. That was one of Grandma's staples. Yeah. Whatever was a Grandma's staple was probably also a staple with me just by default. <laughs> I found Hedda Hopper a very odd choice to do in this film because, like, yeah, she, she was an actress back in like the 1910s and stuff, but what she was most famous for, she was like a Hollywood gossipist and people would read her section in the paper for the latest Hollywood gossip. So I, I found this to be an odd thing for her to do. Like, I don't even know how they got her like, to do this. It would make more sense today with the with the phrase, what is it, about the tea? Oh, spill, spill the tea. Spill yeah, the spill tea. the tea, yeah. which probably didn't exist back then. But if she was a character now, like it would make more anyway. Yeah. Oh, great. Now, now somebody's going to do an Alice in Wonderland version. They're probably just going to make that joke and it's going to be so cringy. <laughs> total Gen Z Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I mean, we'd probably still watch I it. I definitely would still they, watch it. Yeah, yeah. And then this was actually, this was her last film appearance because she, she died. Actually, she died before this the special was released a couple of months before. So this oh. was like the last thing she did. Oh, wow. In, what a way to go out. Encapsulated in Alice. And I guess what, what also astounds me is like, it's not just like a, you know, a talking role. She's, I think she's only singing if I'm not mistaken. I don't think she's, she's speaking anything. It's all just a song that that's her only lines. Was it a song or was she reciting a poem? Cause it sounded more like a poem to me. It was a rap. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a well. <laughs> good point. It just reminded me a lot of um, Julia Julia Child as a voice actress in "We're Back a Dinosaur Story." Like, like that's just how odd of a choice it, it was to me. I guess I didn't think of it like that because Julia Child in that movie was just so out of left field that exactly. I guess I'm not familiar enough with Hedda Hopper to have that feel weird mm -hmm. as weird as Julia Child felt. I feel exactly. like with all the other cultural thing, like Sammy Davis and, and Barney and Fred in here, like why not throw in why Hedda not Hopper Hedda Hopper. <laughs> while you're at it? Probably the the weirdest casting choice I've seen in an animated film is there's like a it's one of those like B rated animated films in South Africa, but they got Desmond Tutu to do a voice of a character. I find that so funny. It's like getting which one was that? I remember reading that he was in a movie. I don't remember what it was though. I can't. I can't remember the name. Remind either. me. I know the name Desmond Tutu. How do I know that name? 
he was the was the archbishop some archbishop in South Africa. I forget how high up on the ranking he was. He died a couple of years ago, but he was like the most famous archbishop of South Africa. South African Anglican bishop and theologian. Okay. Known for his work as an anti-apartheid and human rights activist. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he voiced somebody on something? Exactly. That's probably the only film he's ever done. <laughs> to me, that's, again, the Pope to voice a character in your movie. Like, was it was it something deep, or did he just need a little moment of lightness in all of this anti-apartheid? I think stuff? this movie was in 2013 or something, and <laughs> I don't think it was. A, a, it wasn't a big movie, from what I remember. Was it a happy movie? I didn't see it. Uh, so you dangle this little carrot in front of us, and now we don't know. <laughs> okay, this is not what I thought it was. It's a movie called Jock the Hero Dog. Okay, something with the dog, yeah. And he voiced a character named Baba. So was this just like towards the end of his life, like, you know what, I'm ready to chill and do something fun? It was in 2011, and he died in 2021, so... It's like all the 10 years prior. It's, it's his only acting role. Like Julia Child, that was her only actor. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm gonna write a book about one-time voice actors. There we go. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting, actually. That'd be like a little coffee table book. There we go. Like all the random facts. Anyway, that's all I was thinking about. Head off. Well, we do have the regular Mad Hatter here as well, which I didn't realize until I got on IMDb was Harvey Corman. Oh, me, I, me noticed, I, I noticed I noticed Harvey Corman in the beginning credits, but I didn't think much about it after that. Yeah, he was the Mad Hatter. Alrighty. Who voiced the hair? I forget. I want to say, did Mel Blank did a bunch of voices? Was that one of them? Oh, maybe. Because I forget which one. There was a one character in there. I know. Well, I know the like royal guard thing at the trial. That was definitely Mel Blank. But I know he had a bunch of voices. No, it doesn't say. It just says Talking Caterpillar, Barney Rubble, which is the same character, and Bailiff. But I, he did more than that. Yeah, there's probably a lot of stuff they did. Oh, no. Dawes Butler. Oh, Dawes Butler. Okay. Yeah. He did He did King of Hearts, March Hare, Sportscaster, and Defense Attorney. I would have loved to meet some of those people like Dawes Butler and Don Messick and Janet Waldo. They would have a whole bunch of stories to tell. I have a feeling pretty much everybody in this is probably gone by now well yeah <laughs> josh akabor would get to her but she probably lived the longest she was like 99 i think when she died mm. so are we on to the white knight next or fred and barney or fred and barney come after the tea party okay. so i love fred and barney because i'm you know i'm big Flintstones fan so just to see them okay. in anything is fun <laughs> But I guess my question, my confusion was, why make them a two-headed little caterpillar and not just make them toodle-dee and toodle-dum? I didn't even think about that, but that was a really good point. It yeah. would have made more and sense. It, fits the, it would fit the song, too, that not spinning up, because toodle-dee and toodle-dum are like all us together, so it all, that would make sense, too. Oh, they don't have man. to be literally And they didn't you know, together. have you to help them write it. But <laughs> exactly. no, that makes way more sense. If anyone has a time machine, come see me, and I'll use it to fix this i error. mean it probably makes them more memorable in that costume well, true, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's i i don't know it, it felt it's probably in the same category of head of hopper why have them in here at all i um, think it's just uh, hannah barbara showing off their most famous characters that's not scooby-doo <laughs> what next vitamins 
Um, but this is actually my favorite song in the film. The, really? It was maybe. The part. It was probably my least favorite. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> I, I've been singing this like ever since then. <laughs> you, you're scrambling eggs. You, you're mowing the lawn. You know, it's like it's working to the whole day at work today. I'm just singing this to myself. <laughs> Making sure well, my mic's on mute. <laughs> that that works because I've I've had that before where I was it Nikki where she really liked something and I didn't really like it. so you get both perspectives and that'll that'll help balance it out. Well, it's like the last podcast that we did on Geppetto where he, oh, yeah, he yeah, really yeah. liked that one and I did not. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a fun podcast, though. <laughs> I think that's the first time you and I disagreed so vastly. <laughs> So, so it was a interesting podcast. <laughs> that was a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Tweedledum and Tweedledee would have totally made more. Yeah, sense exactly. Yeah. Any other thoughts or nuggets that we want to put on that, or should we just go to the White Knight? <laughs> we can move on to the White Knight, which you basically already explained for us. That's yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Fine. That was good. Like yeah, I no. say, this this was the character that I related to the most of like i guess he wants to go out and be a hero and be a legend or whatever but he also didn't want to hurt anybody <laughs> i love how he's like uh like the whole thing is just like a it's just a costume and he's actually like you know very short <laughs> there was a part with the the song where i think he was trying to be positive in the lyrics and it wasn't fully coming through that i think was relatable to me too i, I don't know i just got a kick out of it <laughs> like they're supposed to be looking on the bright side and i think he was like partially there <laughs> well uh, alice is singing like today is a wonderful day and i think his version was it's not a horrible day <laughs> yeah it's all right <laughs> <laughs> like yeah he's my character <laughs> he's a spirit animal right there something i was starting to get some of those vibes <laughs> and if i'm not mistaken janet waldo doesn't sing for alice i think someone else sings which i is weird because i'm pretty sure janet waldo has sung in other stuff before oh yeah doris drew why i don't know but hmm. And also going back to Fred Flintstone, his singing voice was Henry Corden, who took over the role of Fred Flintstone permanently when Alan Reed, who does the speaking voice, died. So this is an example of Henry Corden doing Fred Flintstone's voice at the while Alan Reed is also doing the speaking voice. Almost so, like a transition period or something. Yeah, I guess. Where they just had both people at the studio that day and they needed to work, I don't know. Well, you got you to gotta wonder if that was... Uh a road to transition like oh we need somebody to sing here oh wait you sound like him oh wait he's not available anymore how about you be the voice i i wonder and i'm sorry to keep going backwards but something i wanted to mention at the sammy davis jr part was that his song that he sings when when they release the record for this um special sammy davis jr doesn't sing the song they have scatman crothers instead come on and sing the song and i'm not sure why <laughs> I assume Sam Davis Jr. just was busy to record or something. I think I read he was not available. Okay. So did Sammy Davis Jr. not actually sing the song for this film? No, he oh, sang it in the, in the film. But Okay, not in... it says on, on Wikipedia, it says Sammy Davis Jr. unable to provide the speaking and singing voice of the Cheshire Cat because he was under exclusive contract to reprise records oh, and okay. was replaced by Scatman Crothers. 
Oh, for the radio version. Yes. Okay, okay. Well, the LP itself, like the record itself, yeah. Which I still say sounds like a road trip review. <laughs> yeah, for audio versions, we've been we've done a bunch of them in the past, like while we're going somewhere. So we might have to do the radio version of this as a road trip review at some point. Is your Utah trip a road trip? Because you, you could do it then. Well, we're taking a plane, but we are going to rent a car. So there you that's, go. so that's what I was saying. Like the potentially do that then we'll see what happens maybe yeah yeah if it doesn't happen it's not the end of the world <laughs> that's what you say now <laughs> no we have to talk about scamming and crothers <laughs> sentence no one's ever said before <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on his name is scatman crothers that's a pretty good name it is <laughs> Sorry, going back to the White Knight. Yes, I liked that his his secret weapon was a surrender flag. <laughs> uh, so that, that's why I love because Bill Dana, like I said, he wrote this whole special as well, and I, I just think he's a very clever writer of comedy, especially when you see like his his um, stand up performances. Like I said, it's just you can see so much good writing in that. And I was I was happy. I I, I don't like the powder puff against his enemies. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's what I need for my enemies. Giant <laughs> <laughs> You're not very nice. Back away from my powder puff. puff attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to touch you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is, I don't think the other person would get mad at you. I think they'll just stand there and. Shock at what happened. <laughs> so, well, if, you, if you did it lightly enough, maybe they would laugh. That's the way break up the argument. They gently. There, there you go. That's how you, solve, that's how you solve wars across the world. We'll get them powder puffs. It might solve a few. <laughs> okay. After this, was it? Was it the trial? No, it was the game. The, the rabbit comes by, talking about being late for the croquet game, and then the king comes by riding a little train. Which I feel like maybe there was a reference within that that I didn't get. Like, does, so, does okay, so, you know it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Daz Butler, who's voicing, um, well, I don't know about the train part, but Daz Butler, who's voicing the king, he's doing an impression of W.C. Fields. So, that's what the voice is. So, does that have a reference to a movie? Because there was a movie where W.C. Fields was on a train, I believe, even though I didn't watch it. I feel like I, I saw a still of like him and Mae West on a train. Am I am I crazy? I don't think I'm crazy. No, no you're, you're probably right. That's as far as I know. <laughs> like, I'm just, I just felt like it's so random that it just seems like a reference. Like, why have him on a train if no, there's... No, it makes perfect sense. But now I don't. Now I don't. Okay. Now maybe I'm going to have to Google that later. <laughs> I approved of the chaotic card game. The game that they're playing, it's not croquet. It's like a combo of hockey, football, Monopoly, and chess all played by the cards. Was there some oh, yeah. swimming thrown in I there, too? I don't know. Probably. I, I like that, too. That just like signifies the wackiness of Wonderland for me. I Even though this was not anything like the book, it felt true to the spirit of the book. Even oh, yeah, when yeah. the mm -hmm. queen calls Alice the tart girl and tells her to give tarts out to the players to quench their thirst. That's not in the book, but it felt like something that somebody would say. 
which is another reason why I say Bill Dana did a great job at this adaptation. Making the point was he wanted to make it like just a new modern one in the vein of Alice in Wonderland, and I think he did that. I feel that makes me think of Through the Looking Glass, where I think she was having the conversation with the insect about maybe that's why it feels it, true to the spirit like, of like if was it if you're thirsty you eat such and such and. Or was it? Or was it like there's nothing like eating hay to quench your thirst or something? Oh, like that, that was it. And and she didn't think that sounded good. And 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 I'm I'm paraphrasing. This is probably not accurate. But he's like, I didn't I didn't say it was good. I just said there was nothing like it. <laughs> so yeah, this uh, this is um, probably a poor reference. But yeah, if anybody's curious, you can look it up in the book. And that and yeah, that would make it true to the spirit. Yeah. And she didn't. I, well, she didn't seem. She was definitely not normal Red Queen. She was just no, but close enough. Because <laughs> like she tells her to give the tarts out, and then she starts accusing her of stealing the tarts, which leads to the trial from the book. I was gonna say I love how like sudden she just changes as when she orders her to give the tarts. She just does a three sixty right there and accuses mm-hmm. her. Stealing the tarts. It's like flaky and bizarre rather than enraged. Yeah, that's true. I think it's just Jaja Gabor. <laughs> and also, I guess in, in the book, it's not Alice that's on trial. Alice is watching the trial because it's the Jack that's on trial for stealing the tarts. Oh, okay. I read the book a long time ago, so I don't remember that. And a lot of versions just have it like skip straight to Alice being on trial instead. So I'm, it's fine. Sure. There was another reference in this. Well, do you? I don't know if you want to talk about the trial more. It, it was it was wacky and yeah. I like how wacky the trial was. I especially love the uh, who was it? Is it the defense attorney? The like the the son of, mm-hmm. of the Queen of Hearts? Yeah, the King of Hearts. I, I loved his character so so much. Did you like the higher court with the the? Oh, I love that joke. I I, I, I guessed it as being elevated. I guessed it as soon as it happened, but I'm like, yep, that's a. Just my humor right there. <laughs> this whole thing felt like Looney Tunes. Uh, the one note that I made about specifically about the trial, I guess, was the 99 years in Sing Song Prison, which sounded, yeah, like, yeah. sounded like a reference to Sing Sing to me. Yeah, I think it was. Also one of those things that unless you're into vintage movies or you lived at the time. Well, it, was, it went over my head. I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> Yeah, Sing Sing is a famous prison in New York. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And then you would might have known that if you'd watched that 1930s Shirley Temple <laughs> movie where her dad gets out of jail before she's born and then he's being harassed by some... Anyway, <laughs> it ends well. <laughs> the trial it doesn't end the way the trial normally ends of her waking up after the shower of cards because she's actually put into prison Yes, with Humpty Dumpty who has a five o'clock shadow and a prison jumpsuit which is a very random choice and the white rabbit and he and makes tons of egg puns he says he's a real bad egg hard boiled. <laughs> for some reason yeah, that just sort of <laughs> that slipped away from my brain i mainly remember her singing i one of the biggest things that stuck with me is her singing this whole song about home and then the egg was getting emotional <laughs> i liked how the rabbit he, he he was he got into jail because um was because he came late as well as he lost all his points <laughs> that he had before. <laughs> I thought that was funny. 
I don't think that fully registered in my brain. Okay, yeah, we're remembering different things. There's one thing I like about how Hanna-Barbera characters are drawn, like when they're looking at another character in, like, what's the word? Curiosity or, like, you know, emotional. So it's like, there's a, when the rabbit and Humpty Dumpty are looking at Alice while she's singing the song, they have, like, their head up and their mouth open in, like, a O shape or something. It's hard to explain, but, like, I've seen it a lot in Hanna-Barbera. Um, stuff and I think it's kind of cute mm. that's just me the distinct style <laughs> just touching I guess and then apparently they just wanted to hear the song or something because Humpty Dumpty had the key the whole time <laughs> They were he was being a good listener at yeah, that I don't point if someone's singing a song in a musical to me about their I want I'll wait till they're done <laughs> By the way, I had the passcode the whole time. <laughs> Unless he wanted to be cynical and he was just listening to see whether he could trust her first before they did the jailbreak together. I don't know. And I trust this person in the little pink dress. Is Humpty Dumpty in the books? I can't remember. He's in Through the Looking Glass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very different interaction. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing like this at all. It's very much Alice with the sarcastic or or the, I don't know sort of difficult adult character scolding he also recites a very long boring poem oh, okay which poem did he have i can't remember <laughs> there's there are too many poems in the a long boring poem with him maybe i wasn't that the one with the people sitting on the gate no that was the white knight <laughs> you may be mixing up the because if you read the white knight scene in the book it probably doesn't feel as long as when you're watching it on different versions depend yeah depends on the version some versions are insufferably long and boring okay yeah i don't know you have about, to get the right white knight before it's not boring but i don't know about humpty dumpty being insufferable in that way maybe on different versions that we've watched <laughs> maybe but humpty dumpty isn't one that always makes it into many versions yeah. but for some reason they put him on this one <laughs> Very That's randomly, true. and threw him in jail for some reason. They don't have too much trouble getting out of jail, it would seem. N not when he has the key the whole time. <laughs> I mean, like, in the pursuit and everything. Well, yeah. I guess it was hard enough, but... Well, you have the chase through the woods for some reason, and the guards and king and queen on the train, and you're, like, flashing by the different characters, tea party, night... And then Humpty Dumpty says that he'll stop them, and he climbs up the wall and ends up jumping off and cracking, leading to a joke about the rabbit saying, don't worry, they'll put him back together, because <laughs> it's all the king's horses and all the king's men. Like the, That's not from the book, but that's from the nursery rhyme. <laughs> Which I think there may be a part in the book where you get the idea that he's fallen or is about to fall. Maybe. It's been too long since I've read it. But they go on. And end up back in the sort of hall of doors. Well, yeah, the rabbit takes her back to the rabbit hole. Well, I guess we didn't mention the the thing. In most versions, it's just a, a cake that says "Eat me" that leads oh, yeah. to the. But you have the little cakes in the house, and you have the mushroom. Like they left that was drink, a... drink me bottle. Right, but this one, the only shrinking and growing object that you have is a cookie, a cinnamon cake, a cin synonym. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so here he gives her another one of those, and she ends up floating back up to the real world through the TV. I think it was just the same one, because she hadn't really used it. 
Oh, yeah, I think it is the same one. It could be. I, I don't and remember. it looks like a cookie, but apparently it's a cake. Yeah, it's a, a cinnamon synonym cake. <laughs> <laughs> but then she also wakes up. So it's one of those things where was it a dream, was it not? But then all the characters come into the real world to return fluff. So I guess it wasn't a dream. But then they're gone again when she tries to call her father. Yeah. So take head injuries seriously, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I see what Shala been complaining about a Wonderland trip recently. <laughs> it's like at the beginning, didn't she? She fell and hit her head, or something hit she, her head. Yeah, she tripped or something. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, she, she tripped over the fluff. dog. It was Fluff's fault the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was the catalyst for her getting into Wonderland. She tripped over him, and then he jumped through the TV, and she fell in after him. So it was Fluff's fault. This whole thing was a delusion brought on by a concussion. <laughs> Is that what happened to, to Dorothy? <laughs> well, there was an Oz reference with them talking about Yellow Brick Road yeah, at one point, sure. so I think this was more than a little inspired by that. Well, we made it to the end. Any other comments or random anecdotes? <laughs> I just really enjoyed it, and I, it entertained me, and I found it funny, and I could watch it again. It's a good one. It'd be a very decent version to show to kids, especially if they liked Flintstones. I feel if this was the first version of one that you showed to kids, I think they'd be very confused about the other ones, like the, <laughs> the Disney version. If they're at an age After. where they're not going to know what the heck's going on anyway, then this is... <laughs> There's a lot of Alice versions where you could just show them and then they'd be confused about the rest of them because some of them are just so different. Yeah. I, I'm also doing the Care Bears, and that one is just, they made up their own entire story. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we will probably call this episode good. Do you guys want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you, Sarah? Um, Turnip Wilson is my name on Society6 and Redbubble. For my art products, I make watercolors. There are different whimsical and realistic drawings on there, very inspired by vintage illustration and the natural world. So that's where you can find me. What about you, Mark? Uh, I have two blogs, so you guys can check out my blogs. The uh, first one is the Animation Commendation, where I post animated film reviews, top 13 lists, and I have my own animation-themed Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game show, a show mm -hmm. which Jonathan has appeared on multiple times. <laughs> so you can check that out at animationcommendation.com. And my second blog is My Live Action Disney Project, where I'm trying to watch and review every single theatrically released live-action Disney movie I've ever made, and that's at myliveactiondisneyproject.com. I've been doing it almost 10 years now, so but there's still a lot to go, so check it out. Thanks. Okay, well... I'm sure you'll both be back in the future, so we'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the I Heart Movies Podcast Network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.